0: And a warm welcome to the afternoon show. It is time. It is afternoon. It is uh, me. I'm Bill Arnold. So they go together. Afternoons in and Bill Arnold show. So thank you for joining me. I'm looking forward to talking to my friend Doctor Alex McFarland in this first half hour. And I always, uh, I always look forward to finding out his his joy, his perspective, his love for God's Word. And I always walk away with uh, a lot every time he's on. Alex,
1: welcome. Well, thank you, Bill. That is a very gracious introduction. And uh, back at you, my friend. Thank you.
0: So, Alex, can I share a piece of scripture I've been, I've been meditating on all week? And this comes from 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 16, that says, It is he alone who has immortality and dwells in unapproachable light, whom no one has ever seen or can see. To him be honor and eternal dominion. Amen. Wow! There, mm.
1: There's a certain majesty
0: oh, to that verse. There, isn't there ever, He dwells in unapproachable light. <laughs> wow!
1: Yeah, it,
0: talk about know, a holy God.
1: Talk about a holy God. You know, John the Apostle uh, just fainted in front of an angel. You know, <laughs> right. remember when uh, John, an angel appears to John and John faints as dead, and the angel says, "See, thou do it not. I'm your fellow servant." You know, Mm-hmm. but Bill, you know, sometimes I've had people say to me, uh, they'll say, well, you know, if I die and it turns out there's a God, I'm going to say to him, you know, uh, answer this or that. And I remember the commentator, Bill Maher, some years ago, uh, although I, I'm I'm hopeful for Bill Maher, I pray for Bill Maher because he seems to be softening and has actually, on a, on some issues, taken a little more conservative position. But many years ago, I'm going to say 15 years ago, um, he said, if it turns out there's a God, he's got some explaining to do. Mm-hmm. Well, when I, you know, you read that, the First Sympathy passage about God dwells in unapproachable light, and that we really couldn't see God in his purest, eternal essence um, and live, yeah, nobody's going to be... Putting their finger up in God's face and saying, "Explain this or explain that." Right. I mean, the like the the First Timothy, uh, six sixteen, this unapproachable light. I mean, we really don't understand. I don't understand the the eternality of God. I mean, I definitely believe it, but how could God eternally exist, um, uncreated? There there never was a moment when God didn't exist, and like Exodus 3.14 says, you know, I am that I am. That's really mind-boggling when you think about it, isn't it? Well, I don't even know how to think about that, Alex, because how can something not ever
0: have a beginning? I mean, let's say it was 300 trillion years ago when God started, but I can't even say that because that's not true either, because he had no beginning.
1: yeah. yeah. Exactly. I mean, see, everything we know about is very linear and very yeah. chronological. True. You know, um, our parents conceived us and we were born, but their parents conceived them and they were born. And, you know, everything has has to have a starting point, right? Mm-hmm. Well, even the Greeks talked about the fact that, you know, everything is contingent on something else, but there has to be something that was the foundation, the starting point that is non-contingent on anything else. And the word they use, some of our listeners that are the more philosophically inclined will remember this word probably, the word necessary. A necessary being, and by that what the word means is non-contingent, not dependent on anything outside itself. And it's like, uh, you know, plants and trees come from seeds, but seeds come from Plants and trees, everything in this universe, everything that we know about, is contingent on something else. So there has to be something non-contingent, utterly self-existent, self-contained, and this unmoved mover, this eternal being, is God. And that's why you know the first you mentioned the first Timothy six sixteen, um, it, it says that God has. Immortality. Uh, God dwells in unapproachable light. No man has seen. uh, Now, we've seen Jesus. And in a way, Bill, I mean, I think it's so. It was, frankly, not only an act of love, it was an act of mercy. God sent Jesus uh, because we can approach Jesus. We can relate to Jesus. We can personally know Jesus. Right. But if it were just us thinking that we could barge into the, the purest essence of God, um, no finite, created, fallen, sinful being could do that and live. Mm-hmm. So, Alice, when you talked about the word
0: necessity, I, I, my brain went to the necessity of belief. You have to believe in something, because if you choose not to believe in God, you'll end up believing in something that's not God. So you will be believing in something. So, oh, yeah. I thought maybe as we're getting close to uh, Easter, we could chat a little bit today about what are the essentials of the gospel message.
1: Wow, great question. Yeah. And, and you know, uh, you hit the nail on the head that everybody really does believe in something. You know, hey, look, let me quote two brilliant Jewish people, one saved, one I don't know, Bob Dylan and Martin Buber. Martin Buber was a Jewish philosopher and psychologist, but Martin Buber said, there, there is a God in every life. Uh, there is I and thou. Everybody has a God. Even the, the professed atheist who thinks that they're too, perhaps too intelligent to believe in God, well, they are trusting in their intellect or they're trust, pridefully trusting in their own you know, swagger. Bob Dylan wrote a song in the late 70s, uh, you've got to serve. He said, it, it may be the devil or it may be the Lord, but you will serve somebody. And so, built to your question, you know, what are the basics of the good news of the gospel? Well, first of all, we, we have to acknowledge that we are a sinner. And we have known the right, we've done the wrong, we, we've sinned. And our sin has separated us from a holy God. But then we accept Jesus, who he was and what he did. Now, who is Jesus? The Son of God. How, how do we know he rose from the dead? A lot of reasons. Fulfilled prophecy, virgin birth, sinless life, miraculous deeds. But let's just go with the, the most compelling proof of all. Only Jesus rose from the dead. So he, Jesus claimed to be able to grant eternal life and absolve us of our guilt. And he said, here's how you'll know that I have the keys of life and death. I will rise from the dead. So it's very simple. And, Bill, if anyone is listening right now and and you want to be certain and you say, look, I want to be sure if I were to die that I'm ready to meet God. Admit you're a sinner. Believe in Jesus Christ and call on his name, ABC. Admit in your heart. And God has promised to hear you say, Lord, I know I've done wrong and I'm sorry. And, Lord, I believe that when Jesus went to the cross, he did that for me. I'm accepting that. And, and, Bill, I was 21, and I realized in my heart I was in a college classroom, and I was fighting back the tears when I realized Jesus Christ died for the world, and that included Alex McFarland. Mm-hmm. And then you call on his name, and, folks, this beautiful transaction in the core of your soul, the Bible promises that if you turn to the Lord, he will receive you. And God doesn't lie. God can't lie. And you say, but but what about this? What about that? Look, God loves you in spite of your sin. And God says, "If you if you call out to Christ and you call on the name of the Lord, he will hear you. He will receive you. I could give you Five dozen Bible verses. But, Bill, maybe somebody even listening right now, today is the day, March 24, 2023. This is the day that you make for sure certain that you've got Christ. You just admit you're a sinner, believe Jesus died for you, and he is the Son of God, and then you ask him, and he has promised to save you. Mm -hmm.
0: And, Alex, as we get closer to Easter, the resurrection of Christ is the the proof of the power of God. He created life, and then through death, he reversed death and came back to life. And he alone has been able to do that. And that's what makes us able to come to faith, is that glorious
1: knowledge of the resurrection. Amen. That he rose from the dead. Yeah. One of my favorite verses, and Bill, you're such a dear colleague and friend. I mean, you and I, over the last few years, we've shared so many verses, but one of which is a promise from the lips of Christ himself. John 6, 40, Jesus said, whoever sees the Son, S-O-N, you see, you comprehend, you get it. Jesus is the one who rose from the dead. Jesus said, if you see the Son and believe in him, I will give you everlasting life, and I will raise you up on the last day. That's John six forty. Mm-hmm. It's pretty simple. It is see, comprehend that Jesus loves you. Believe in your heart, and then Jesus says, "Look, I will come in." Uh, Revelation three twenty. I will come in. I will commune with you. I will be with you. And I, I really, you know it. I know it. Jesus is that friend who sticks closer than a brother. Mm -hmm. And uh, I'm so glad we're talking about this. I've got to ask you, I know we have a break coming up. um, Bill, did you see the movie The Jesus Revolution? Not yet. Oh, I've seen it twice. It's amazing. My heart has been moved hearing Kelsey Grammer of Frasier fame. Mm -hmm. He plays Pastor Chuck Smith. He's been doing the the media circuit talking about how Jesus has come into his life, Wow. and then Fantastic. Jonathan Rumi mm-hmm. of The Chosen, who plays a character, one of the main characters. But that very same God who sent revival 55 years ago, um, we need it again. It can happen again. Let's ask God to do it again.
0: Mm-hmm. All right, Alex, let me take a short break. Dr. Alex McFarland is my guest. You can learn more about Alex at his website, alexmcfarland.com. And if you have not signed up for our Holy Week study, you can do that right now at myfaithradio.com. We'd love to have you sign up. Be right back. We would love for you to share your story about why you love Faith Radio And what has Faith Radio changed the way you think about something or even how you live? We want to hear from you. Your story can encourage others and glorify God. Share what you love about Faith Radio by calling 877-933-2484 and leaving a message today. I'm back with Dr. Alex McFarland, and who doesn't like hanging out with Dr. Alex McFarland? I know I do, and I know you do, too, because I keep hearing from you. I mm-hmm. like Alex, and we all do. So, Alex, here I'm quest- curious, do you know from memory John six twenty nine? Not to put pressure on you, because it's just uh, a verse I learned recently. I do
1: not okay. from memory, and Jesus, I'm not cheating. Now. No, no,
0: no. Jesus answered, the work of God is this. You can finish it.
1: The work of God is believe on Jesus Christ, whom he has sent. Exactly. Is yep. that right? Yep. The wor- Jesus answered, the
0: work of God is this, to believe
1: in the one he has sent. I- isn't that something? It's fantastic. Yeah, that, that is a great verse, and, and so simple. Do you know there's a verse very similar to it in 1 John? Um, it says, uh, this is the commandment, believe in Jesus Christ, whom the Father has sent. Um I'll find that here in just a second. But um it, it really is simple and I realize that, you know, in the biblical worldview there there are so many wonderful things to talk about. And and I do think the word of God speaks to, you know, every necessary issue. Mm-hmm. And you know, being a disciple, there are so many things that we can talk about, but it really does come down um all right. 1 John 3.23, this is the commandment, that we should believe on the name of His Son, Jesus Christ. Oh, Alex, so simple. So simple! Now, I'm going to be real simple, because people ask me sometimes, you know, is this person saved or that person saved? And, you know, only the Lord knows another person's heart. I mean, I I really don't even think we can some days hardly know our own heart. But if you need assurance you stand with god you've got to build your your belief and your confidence on what scripture says not emotions because em, you know emotions fluctuate mm-hmm. but first john 5 1 says whoever believes that jesus is the christ is born of god
0: mm-hmm. that's
1: pretty amazing isn't that's it very uh,
0: amazing and yet again very simple
1: yeah, uh, some translations, First John 5, 1, whoever believes that Jesus is the Son of God is born of God. So um, now, we should grow, we should obviously get a, a, a fully-orbed biblical worldview, and, and that comes from feeding on the Scripture. Mm-hmm. But really, folks, we I mean it. No matter how good you think you are, you still need Jesus. No matter how bad you think you might have been, Jesus can still forgive you. And if you will put your trust in Jesus and just realize God came from heaven to earth, Jesus, fully divine, full deity, and when the the guilt of the human race was put onto Jesus, uh, Jesus being infinitely righteous... He could do that. He was qualified to pay for our sin debt. And so when you put your faith or trust and you call out, God will hear you. Now, Bill, I was on a show one time and people were calling in. And what what prayers will God answer with a yes? And a little girl called in and was whispering. This is a true story. and Because she, uh, she was whispering and she said, if I pray for a, a pony, will God give me a pony? And way in the background, I could hear a mother yelling, What are you doing? Get off that phone. And uh, the, and I said, Honey, I can't promise if you pray for a pony. I can't promise God will give you a pony. Talk to your parents. But there is one prayer God has unequivocally promised to answer in the affirmative. And that's what we often call the sinner's prayer. And I don't care who you are, where you are, what your journey has been. But if you will believe in Jesus, he will save you. And whosoever will may come, John six thirty seven. Christ said, the one who comes to me, I will in no way reject.
0: Mm. Isn't that awesome? Oh, it's fantastic. Yeah, it really it really is fantastic. And in James chapter 5, verse 8, Alex, it says, establish your hearts for the coming of the Lord is at hand. And mm. as you talk about, is today the day? March 24th, 2023, is that the day you say yes to Jesus because you have been... Kicking the tires and and now you realize that you think of yourself as a good person, but Jesus says in matthew there's there's no one is good except God alone, so goodness is not going to help you, you need a savior, you need to repent and be saved from your sins, so establish the, the, your hearts
1: well yeah, and you know I've had people ask me different questions will will you know fill in the blank, will x cause me to miss heaven? You know, whatever you know, drinking or mm-hmm. cursing or swearing will will this send me to hell? I'll tell I'll tell you what has put a lot of people in hell: procrastination. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. You, you yeah. know what I'm saying? Yeah. I, <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, I think there are probably people that have entered into eternity unprepared, and they had fully intended to get around to the God issue eventually. I yeah, I'm going to deal with that someday, and someday never comes, but mm-hmm. our immortality does. And that's why honestly we really need to turn to Christ the minute we're aware of this. And the Bible has a word called conviction. The one of the ministries of the Holy Spirit is the ministry of conviction. Mm-hmm. Conviction is when you begin to feel that you need salvation. You you are contrite, you feel sorry for your sins, and you desire to be reconciled to God. Now, let me just say, if you're feeling that you need the Lord, that is not the world, the flesh, or the devil, I assure you. Mm-hmm. If you're being drawn to Jesus, that's God drawing you, and you don't want to resist that because, I mean, the the desire for God is not just something that that our flesh drums up within us. The Bible says no man can come to Christ unless the Spirit draws him. So if you're procrastinating on Jesus or it's saying, you yeah, know, well, I, I don't want to think about that right now, I'll deal with that later, you're actually saying to the Holy Spirit of God, okay, take a number. I'll deal with you later. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was talking to Lee Strobel. Bill, have you ever had Lee Strobel on the show? Yeah, many times.
0: And he was on uh, Susie Larson's show on Wednesday.
1: Oh, yeah. He, yeah. Wonderful. Good guy. Just the dearest... Dearest brother in the world, Lee Strobel, brilliant guy. He was an atheist for a lot of years, became a Christian well into adulthood. Um, Brilliant legal affairs editor for the Chicago Tribune. I mean, intellectually, Strobel is no pushover. And, I mean, he came to Christ when he was convinced that this was as credible as any court case. Same with, like, my friend, also a friend and a colleague, Jay Warner Wallace, Jim Mm -hmm. Wallace. Yeah have have you had him on uh, he's on every month oh yeah great mm-hmm. guy yeah um cold case homicide detective out in california jim wallace could crack the cases nobody else could solve mm-hmm. and he was an atheist till he was in his like early 50s yep. and um he decided you know kind of quietly discreetly he was going to look into this 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 myth called christianity and like i think about lee strobel i think about charles colson who was a family friend uh so many of these brilliant guys, Jim Wallace, said, oh, my goodness, this is real. This is true. This is no game. And so we could go on and on, but um, if you turn to Christ, you will instantly know it's real. Mm-hmm. Because the dear Lord, he, he is so, God is so good. And, uh, Bill, I think about that verse that says, Christ is the friend who sticks closer than a brother. I mean, he really is, isn't he? Yeah, he really is. And Alex, I know I wanted to talk about this with you
0: because it is so important. And I think C.S. Lewis deals with this topic so well in Screwtape Letters when he tries to get people to have this very thought. It's like, well, uh, I'll deal with eternity much later down the road. And that's, yeah. that's what the enemy wants to do is keep you kicking the can down the road. I'll do it some other time. Exactly. We don't know how many beats our heart have left.
1: That's really true. Um, And look, Satan doesn't care if you're an indigent in the gutter or uh, a down and out or an up and out. I mean, Satan doesn't care if you're a bank robber or you know what we would call a bad guy, as long as he can keep you distracted and and don't think about it. Mm -hmm. You know, because here's the thing: I've had people say to me um well you know i guess as as people go i'm about as good as anybody else yep yeah but that's not the standard by which we're evaluated the standard is how do we fare in comparison with jesus and look you might be as good as your neighbor or uh, you're not quite as bad as the next guy but it's not the next guy that hung on a cross and died for you it's the son of god Mm -hmm. and let me say this really quickly. I think this is just beautiful. Somebody asked me I was at a actually University of North Carolina at Charlotte. I was doing a Q and A at UNC Charlotte some years ago. and somebody asked me, "How could one man die for the whole human race? Because mm-hmm. you know at that point there were probably six or seven billion humans. Here's the thing: all the sin, all the guilt, all the disobedience, the guilt of the human race. It's big. It's bad. I don't minimize it. Yeah. But it is a finite amount of sin. And so, Jesus of infinite righteousness, yes, a finite amount of unrighteousness could be atoned for yeah. by a man of infinite righteousness. Amazing, Alex. You're the best. Let's talk God next week. All right. Bye bye.
0: Bye. We'll take a short break and be right back with Dr. Matt Queen. All right, I am meeting Dr. Matt Queen for the first time, and I already like him. <laughs> what can I say? <laughs> I, already, I already like him. I love his book, and I love what he's talking about, and I'm looking forward to uh, to meeting him. And, and this topic has written a book called The Gospel Invitation, Why Publicly Inviting People to Receive Christ Still Matters. And it looks like there's a, a growing number of evangelical pastors who have decided to be non-confrontational in their approach to calling people to faith. And some seminaries have even removed evangelism classes from their curriculum. And pastors are no longer taught how to give an effective God-honoring public invitation. And that's what we're going to talk about today. Matt, welcome.
2: Thank you so much, Mr. Arnold. It's great to be on your show.
0: Okay, no one's ever called me Mr. Arnold, so...
2: <laughs> I, <laughs> you have to give me. That's my upbringing. <laughs> yeah, that's okay. Where are you from? I'm from Asheville, North Carolina area, but reside now in Fort Worth, Texas. I teach at Southwestern Baptist Theological Seminary, uh, one of the largest seminaries in the world.
0: Oh, fantastic. Yeah, my last guest was from North Carolina, Dr. Alex McFarlane. I don't know if you know Alex. Oh, yes.
2: I know him very well. He and I have served at the same church at different times. So. Oh,
0: see, this is this is just a big family event now. This is great. But let's talk. <laughs> let's talk about your, your book. Why Why have public invitations become so rare?
2: Well, you know, I think there's a, there, there's a number of reasons why they, why it's uh, becoming less and less uh, practiced today. You know, there are uh, some people who are very well meaning discipleship experts. And they're convinced the disciples can only be made over a long period of time in the context of a relationship. And so, you know, they're not thinking of someone maybe hearing the gospel and right there on the spot, being able to be convicted by the spirit and and, and uh, be saved. Mm-hmm. There's some other folks that uh, are soteriological determinist and they sometimes think that the invitation can be manipulative. There have been cases in which it has been used that way. But because it's been in some cases, they have uh, some hesitancy towards that. And then there's just some ministry pragmatists that say, you know, um, the way I've done it just doesn't work, so I'm not going to do it anymore. So, those are some of the prevailing reasons why I think uh, public invitations have not been offered as much as they were, you know, maybe 20 years ago or so.
0: Mm -hmm. Uh, Matt, how should invitations in in both Old and New Testament? How should they inform today's gospel invitations?
2: Yeah. So, you know, when we think about a gospel invitation. And we think of this in a public se- setting. We always think of the altar call. And that certainly is one way that uh, public invitations can be given. It's one way that I actually do it. But as we think of the Old and New Testament, uh, there never, there's not necessarily an altar call every single time. Mm-hmm. Uh, in fact, I don't think the first altar call comes until Elijah's there up on Mount Carmel, and he calls them to come to the altar where he's going to have God send down fire from above. You know, that's the first altar call, if you want to call it one. Um, but but the the the, pro, the the issue is is that while there may not be a come forward in the Bible, there always is a come and act now and repent and believe. Mm-hmm. And we see this in the Old Testament and the New Testament alike.
0: Yeah. Dr. Matt Queen is my guest and he's written a book called The Gospel Invitation, Why Publicly Inviting People to Receive Christ still matters. Now, Matt, I know there's certain denominations are suffering, dying, and if seminaries have removed evangelism classes from some of their curricula, that doesn't uh, sound like we're moving in the right direction.
2: No, uh, it, it doesn't. You know, one of the things uh, that I'm really uh, happy about Southwestern Seminary, where I teach, Southwestern Seminary, we didn't invent evangelism. That was in the Bible, uh, God did that. But we were the very first seminary in the world to have an, a professor of evangelism and offer evangelism as a part of our curricula. And we did that starting in 1908, and so we've we've been doing that in seminaries and uh, divinity schools for the for the longest period of time in the world. And so, uh, Southwestern Seminary still uh, offers evangelism classes. It's required in our master's curriculum. It's required in our bachelor's curriculum. And uh, there are other uh, our other Southern Baptist seminaries. They also involve evangelism in their curricula. Uh, but um, yeah, whenever uh, whenever there's a lot of confusing voices out there about evangelism, some people. You know, uh, sometimes they don't think the best. They think the worst about our our, uh, methods in evangelism. Uh, That has probably caused some seminaries to stop doing that. And, you know, uh, Brother Bill, I know you and I are just now meeting each other, but uh, nobody gets saved by osmosis. They get (laughs) saved by proclamation of the gospel.
0: Amen. Amen. So can a public invitation be uh, performed, say, poorly or maybe even incorrectly?
2: Yeah, I believe that it can. Um, and I think the number one re- way that it can be is if the person who delivers it, who issues it, the preacher, the the teacher, the whoever it is, if they are giving the invitation with a wrong motivation in their heart, mm. what, what they can get out of it, what they you know, uh, for prideful reasons, then that will sometimes cause those that issue them that have that kind of motivation. They, they will sometimes, you know, engage in what's called manipulation. So, um, so yes, you can do it wrong. But I, I'll just tell you this, Brother Bill, in personal evangelism, there's been times, and I didn't do it intentionally. I was nervous, and I may have called uh, Romans 3.23, John 3.16, and I messed it up. <laughs> so I, I messed it up. All but right. God, God can even work even over us when we make mistakes or even do things for the wrong reasons. Paul said in the book of Galatians, he said, uh, excuse me, and he, said, he said in the book of Philippians, Um, chapter one, he says, whether there are some who preach the gospel out of dishonest gain or some that preach it because they're in chains because of it, he rejoices that the gospel is preached. And so while we don't want to do it the wrong way, God can even overcome, you know, somebody's um, uh, motivation in evangelism. Mm
0: -hmm. So there are certainly, certainly styles where people say, I'm more interested in friendship evangelism, where I'm going to want to establish a relationship and try to Build trust mm-hmm. over time, and maybe after five years of friendship, I'll bring up the topic. Um, <laughs> <laughs> what you know—that's That's maybe what they feel is they're comfortable with. What would you say to that person? Because uh, sometimes it's hard to pull out, say, the four spiritual laws to someone on an airplane and say, here they are, would you like to receive yeah. Christ right now? I know I have a friend that does it all the time.
2: Yeah, so um, I don't think, you know, the best way to do evangelism— is uh, to actually do it in the way that that you feel most comfortable doing it. And, um, you know, all evangelism, whether it's uh, whether you share the gospel in its entirety at the beginning or if you do it over a period of time, all evangelism has to be relational somehow. Mm -hmm. It's a relationship that uh, that's focused on God and sinners. You know, uh, um, it's also a relationship between one person and another. You know, someone said evangelism is a conversation between two people who are both nervous. You know, the one <laughs> sharing, I
0: love that. The one who's
2: sharing the gospel is nervous, and we make the other person. Nervous. Oh, that's you very know, funny, Matt.
0: I really like but, that.
2: Um, but um, what what I would say is intentionality is the key. So, you know, I have my personal. This is Matt Queen. My personal philosophy of evangelism is to share as much of the gospel as soon as possible. With as many as possible as clearly as possible yeah I love now, that, that doesn't mean that i'm always going to get to the end sometimes if somebody pushes back i'm not going to you know stuff something down, something down somebody's throat however if we're intentional even if we don't you know we try it we you know some, we get some opposition uh we can do it the next time so i think intentionality is the key more so than just an interval of time although i do think we need to realize that if people don't hear the gospel, they can't respond to the gospel. We can't guarantee that we'll ever see someone again.
0: Mm -hmm. Dr. Matt Queen is my guest. Matt, let's say that a person receives Christ after hearing it 23 times, and you're Mm -hmm. only number seven, (laughs) and you're pulling out all the stops because you're looking for a harvest, right? And you think, ah, you know, I was used. I was part of the process, and and that person came to faith after many more times of hearing it. Uh, Do we need to remain calm? And just say, maybe I'm just planting a seed or watering a seed or, or answering some hard questions.
2: Uh, absolutely, I will tell you that, pro- that it's very unlikely that the very first time someone hears the gospel, will they come to faith in Christ? The very first time, it, it can happen. It's not impossible, but I think it's more likely for us to just assume that it's going to take a few times for, before someone can hear the gospel. Um, you know, I don't, I don't know what the number is. Although I've heard it said seven to ten times, you know, Mm -hmm. at least before somebody does that. You know, Jesus speaks of this in John chapter four, where he says uh, that the sower and the reaper, that they may rejoice together. Paul says it in in the book of first Corinthians when he talks about one sowed and other reaps, but uh, God gave the increase. So I think what we need to understand is success in evangelism or success in giving a public invitation and calling people to faith in Christ. It's not when somebody gets saved, that's God's success, but success in giving the public invitation, success in giving even a personal invitation to the gospel comes in actually doing it. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I think that's where we want to look at is um, whether somebody gets saved or not, we want to be faithful to the obedience of the great commission.
0: Amen to that, brother Matt. All right. Let me ask you this. Doesn't evangelizing to unbelievers today kind of turn people off?
2: Uh, Yeah, I think it does turn people off. But here's the thing, Bill. It's always turned sinners off. (laughs) Even even when you were a sinner and I was a sinner, we didn't want to hear the gospel. (laughs) You know, so so I don't you know, the Bible says all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. There is none righteous. No, not one. We in and of ourselves. We do not want ourselves saved. We don't want God. We want what we want. And so uh, that's how sinners are all around the world throughout all of time. And they'll always be that way. But when the Holy Spirit is preparing someone's heart to hear the gospel or in the moment when they're hearing the gospel, the only way they can uh, uh, be saved is if they hear the gospel. And I don't know any sinner who's living for himself or herself who wants to be confronted with their own sin. But nevertheless, the Holy Spirit can fill us to share and he can also uh, working them to convict and convince.
0: Mm-hmm. Doctor Matt Queen is my guest. Uh, Matt, if you do kind of a, a hastily personal invitation, well, you're not telling them the cost of following Jesus. Mm-hmm. You're trying to sell yeah. them on something that's really great, like eternal life and and mm-hmm. becoming new, a new creation in Christ. Uh, but there's also a lot of work that comes involved in the transformation and you're going to be a different person and there's going to be you having to say no to a lot of stuff and changing your life, maybe in dramatic ways. So if you're giving this invitation and you're not being f- fully letting them understand all that it comes along with making a decision for Christ, is that doing more harm than good?
2: Um, I don't think that's doing more harm than good. It's just not as good as it could be. Okay. And here's what I mean by that. Um, in the Bible. Uh, Public invitations to salvation. Sometimes we see, for example, Peter on Pentecost, he says in in chapter two, he says, repent and be baptized for the forgiveness of your sins. Paul in Acts 16 to the Philippian jailer, he says, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you'll be saved. However, uh, there are times in which Jesus is the first one who does it. Actually, Mark chapter one, verses 14 and 15, he says, repent and believe the gospel. And I think in our, today, in our society today, many times when we call people to faith, we are doing what you're saying. We're calling people to believe. And that is a good thing. You have to believe in Jesus to be saved. But we've left out that key component that actually is first, and that's repent. And the repentance part is the part where you are sacrificing self. You're making a change. And so uh, can someone get saved by just saying believe? Yes, the Philippine jailer and his whole household were. Uh, That doesn't mean that Paul was a bad personal evangelist or public evangelist. Mm -hmm. However, I do think that uh, what we want to see is no one believes in the heart unless they first change their mind in repentance. And so we ought to endeavor in our public invitations to do repent and believe.
0: Amen. All right, let me take a short break. Dr. Matt Queen is my guest. The book is The Gospel Invitation, Why Publicly Inviting People to Receive Christ Still Matters. We'll be right back. Faith Radio and Afternoons with Bill podcasts are available because of listener support. If you are a supporter, thank you so much. Becoming a supporter today by visiting. MyFaithRadio.com. I'm back with Dr. Matt Queen. He's written a book called The Gospel Invitation, Why Publicly Inviting People to Receive Christ Still Matters. You know, I was praying about my day, Matt, and I was thinking about, Uh, meeting you and coming on the show. And I've had O.S. Hawkins on a number of times, who's amazing, by the way. I know he was uh, a co-writer with this book.
2: Yes, sir, he was.
0: Yeah, great guy. And I thought to myself, you know, a lot of believers listen to Faith Radio. And that's a great thing. Occasionally, people will stumble onto the station and they may be outside the family of God and they'll be listening in a curious sort of way. But there's also this wonderful thing that we could do if we greeted people that would hear about this via a podcast where a listener who's listening right now might say, I can send this to my brother-in-law or my neighbor or my relative and that you and I can now walk through a process talking about how to come to faith in Christ.
2: That's great. Yeah. So I think, um, you know, the good news about sharing the gospel And wherever you are, you don't have to be in a seminary like where I teach. Uh, You don't have to be a pastor uh, necessarily to be able to preach in a pulpit. But the good news is, is that if you and I know enough of the gospel to be saved by it, then we know enough of the gospel to share it. And um, the same thing that someone else told us is what we can tell someone else. Um, You know, if we if somebody says, yes, I want to make that decision. I want to turn away from my sins. I want to put my faith in Jesus Christ. Um, we remind them that, uh, uh, if, you know, by turning away from your sins, you realize that you are taking away any way for you to try to save yourself on your good works. And you're putting your faith in Jesus alone because of his death, burial, and resurrection. So, I, you know, I would just encourage um, those that are maybe listening to this and want to sit down with uh, someone who it means a lot to you. Uh, tell them the good news that uh, we all have sinned in our thoughts, our deeds, our speech, and our actions. And because of our sin, we have uh, been cut off from personal relationship with God. Mm-hmm. But God, in his love, sent Jesus to die, be buried and raised. If we turn from our sins and put our faith in him, we can be made right with him.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I I think what I was thinking, and that this is okay, but if somebody sent this podcast to somebody, they would hear this part of the show where we would say, Someone who loves you wanted you to hear this. So here's Matt and I. We want to tell you right now about the love of Jesus. and I got gotcha. you. And how you can uh, become born again, how you can become saved.
2: Yes. So I wanted to say to those of you that are listening here today that you don't know me and I don't know you, but I want you to know that God loves you. And the proof of that, though we don't know each other, Is that the Bible tells us that God demonstrated his love to us, and that while we sinned, we disobeyed God, we did not go God's way, he sent his son Jesus, who died, was buried, and raised on the third day. And uh, Jesus Christ is fully God, he's fully man. You know, I can't die for you, you can't die for my sins, but Jesus could die for us because he was God in the flesh. And if you are tired of doing life your way, if you are tired of all of the, the pain and sorrow of the decisions that you make, there is a decision that you can make. It won't make your life perfect. It won't make all the pain in your life go away. It won't make the consequences of, few, of past sins uh, you know that maybe are in your body go away, but it will make you in right standing with God. It will wipe away every sin you have committed you are committing now and you will commit in the future. And that means you have to change your mind that you're not the God. You're not in control. You realize that you've made some bad decisions and you have willfully not obeyed God. That's called repentance. And you've got to not try to do things your way, but do them God's way. And that's to put your faith in his son, his expression of love for you. Jesus Christ, who died to take the penalty for your sin. He buried your sin with him and he was raised on the third day. So that we one day, if we die before he comes back, we can be made right with him. And so where you are right now, maybe you want to make that decision. Maybe you're tired of living for yourself and having all the consequences that you have. And so right now, where you are, if you want to make this decision, I wonder if you just bow your head. And I wonder if you just say a prayer to God from your heart, whether you use these words or not, and just say, dear God, I need you. I realize that I've made some bad decisions in my life. I realize that my way is the wrong way. But Jesus died for my sins. He was buried and raised again. And I turn from myself. And I trust in my savior, Jesus, in his name, amen. If you just made that response, if you just made that decision, why don't you just reach out to the person that sent you this podcast? Why don't you just reach out to a pastor friend or someone that you know that says that they're a Christian and tell them about the decision you made and let them talk to you about the next steps you could take?
0: That's beautiful. Beautiful, Matt. So what if somebody just heard that and decided, I don't know if I could pray that prayer because Deep down, I think I'm a pretty good person, and I don't want to be one of those born again types. And I and I think if I got to the gates of heaven, I could pretty much convince whoever's at the gate that I was in fact a good person. I shoveled my neighbor's walk. I, I gave to some charities, and I was a good a good person. And if someone is thinking that, what would you say to that person?
2: That's a very good question, and I want you to know that that's a very natural response. Why did Jesus die on the cross, if you've ever heard of him? If you've heard of him, you probably know that the answer to that is that Jesus died for our sins. And friend, if you think that walking someone across the street, shoveling snow, being nice, donating money, not being a harmful person, not even raising your voice in your life, if you think those things can make you right with God or make anybody else right with God, then I would just like to ask you a simple question. Why did Jesus have to go through what he went through? If we could get it by walking someone across the street or saying a kind word or making a donation or going to church all of our lives or just being a good person, if being a good person was good enough for us to be able to go to heaven, if good enough was good enough for us to be right with God, then why did Jesus have to leave heaven? Why did he have to become a man? Why did he have to go through the suffering, the beating, the scourging? suffocating on the cross, probably without any clothes on and go through that despair. If we could do it on our own. And I would just encourage a friend. uh, I'm glad that you've not done some of the things that maybe other people have done, but all of us have sinned against God and Jesus is the one way for us to be made right with him.
0: Powerful. So good. So good. These are words that need to be spoken, declared. Um, Amen. Amen to that. And, it's important that this is now an invitation. It's a, it's a podcast. So we want to know that we're talking to you and your friend sent you this someone who loves you, sent you this and we don't know you, but we love you because Jesus loves you. And we would love for you to learn more about the plan God has for your life and, and how he, he, he loves you and has forgiven you. And he wants you to grow in him and, Get to know him better. My desire is that you, and Matt's desire that you would know him. Um, and I hope you come back and, and buy Matt's book or listen to Faith Radio or do both. <laughs> <laughs> we're not, actually, we're not trying to sell anything, are we? We're just trying no, to bring not. people to the foot of the cross and help them understand that they have a sin condition because if you don't think you have a problem, you don't need a solution.
2: That's exactly right. The most important purchase that was ever made was not a book. It was not a subscription. It was Jesus paying for our sins by dying on the cross.
0: So good, so good, Matt. You're uh, you're a delight. This has been just uh, really fun for me. I-, I love doing this. It feels like we did some, you know, just evangelism on the street today.
2: <laughs> we sure did, and I've got a big smile on my face. I appreciate your ministry, Brother Bill, and thank you again for having me on the on the show today.
0: Yeah, and let me ask you: uh, the gospel invitation. I'm looking at this book, and you do you have other books?
2: I do have other books. Um, I just had one that came out January the fifth. It's called Recapturing Evangelism. That um, uh, that can be found anywhere books are sold as well. Um, I also have another book called uh, My, uh, Everyday Evangelism. That was written here at the seminary, which is just a very small, very short piece on evangelism. that kind of just gets you, gets your uh, appetite wet if you're interested in learning about evangelism as well.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, thank you so much. I feel like um, I've had a little bond with you today, which is really uh, lovely. Yes, sir. Yeah. Yes,
2: sir. I feel the same way.
0: Thank you so much. Have a wonderful weekend. God bless you. You, you bet. Dr. Matt Queen was my guest. His book is The Gospel Invitation. Why publicly... Inviting people to receive Christ still matters. And if you are interested in hearing more from us here at Faith Radio, just so you know, we have a pretty cool app. And if you have a smartphone, you can go to your uh, app store and download it. Or I can make it super easy. You can text the word APP to 877-933-2484. And we'll send you a very secure link that you'll be able to listen to the shows we have here on Faith Radio, anytime, anywhere. So again, text the word APP to 877-933-2484. We will take a short break and be right back with our 2. You know, if you did, pray a prayer to receive Christ. And this is the first time you've ever done that. I'd love to hear from you. You can email me, Bill at MyFaithRadio.com, and we'll help you with anything you, you have. We'll take a short break and be right back. Thanks for listening. Programming like this is made available through your support. Information available at MyFaithRadio.com.